You're listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast with Jody Livingston and Chris Trent. Episode number 87. Welcome to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast, helping you survive and thrive in youth ministry. And now, your hosts, Jody Livingston and Chris Trent. Well, hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the show today. Thanks for tuning in and listening wherever you are and wherever this finds you. Thanks for making this podcast today a part of your day. We especially want to welcome you. If it's your first time checking out the show, a new listener, welcome. We're glad you're here. And if you are coming on back, still listening, man, thanks for hanging with us, especially if you're a member of our uh, Super Secret Podcast group. We're glad you're here uh, as well. Great show today. Um, show notes you can find today at thelongerhall.com slash episode 087. It's thelongerhall.com slash episode 087. There'll be a few notes. Gosh, Jody, you do all that so well. It's just like you haven't memorized. I mean, you just roll through the whole, you know, logist. It's just you do a good job, man. I'm just I'm just saying. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> I've, I've done it 87 times. <laughs> Not counting the times we've messed it up. Yes, yeah, so that which we which we've done uh, yeah. for sure. So well, hey, Jody and I are a couple of youth pastors, man. We uh, Jody lives in California. I live in Georgia, and we've been friends for a little while now. We are both committed to longevity, and that's why we do this podcast. Um, but ultimately, we're both still hanging out with teenagers, and we just believe in what youth pastors are doing, and we hope to help you experience longevity both in your current church and uh, potentially uh, as a career if you decide to do that for the long haul and uh which so, which we assume you would since you're listening to this podcast. Since you're listening to the podcast yeah if no at doubt. this point in the podcast you're realizing you don't want to do that then you may have accidentally downloaded the wrong podcast so lots of uh pictures of jody in california as he's learning the ways of california at jody livingston <laughs> if you want to go on the social media and then if you've never gotten enough uh, pictures of people going to Disney World. You can check me out at Chris Trent. Um, that, that's pretty, <laughs> you would think there so would be true. more youth ministry related postings, but there's pretty much none. Nope. So uh, not very uh, little. Yeah, yeah. So that's where if you if you're interested, but you could also you know connect with us there if you had a question or something. Um, and the so, Super uh, Secret Podcast Group. That's oh, where yeah, you will right. find ministry things over on yeah, the Facebook. Yeah, that stuff's in there. Um, yeah, so, it's great. Yeah. It's like 220-something people now. It's amazing. I, yeah. It's really cool. So the Longer Sean Hall Potter, is our page, Sean and then we've got the group. Yeah, yeah, it's a great group. We love those guys. Yeah, guys. good times. People. Um, hey, man, you good? Life good for you in California? Yeah. You visited some cool place. What was the – you're like – I really do – in all seriousness, I feel like every time I look at you or your wife's facebook or anything you you guys are like on some new california adventure what was the place you just went to walker canyon yeah walker canyon so right now at the time of this recording if you're listening to it live uh california is in the middle of what they're calling the super bloom because we've had a ton of rain and socal and so uh like once a decade the the california poppies come out in just crazy crazy fashion like they've there you can go online and google there's pictures from satellites that can see the bloom it's just there's so many of them so yeah we went down to see that and uh it was nice man we got there early so we beat the crowds and then uh and there's a but but maybe the highlight of the day 
was there's a uh, like a huge Volkswagen junkyard there in the same town, and uh, and so I got to go over and talk to guys about that and look at parts for the for the V Dub. So I've that's, seen that, about that yeah, man. That yeah, that sounds junkyard. like a highlight, really. Listen, man, <laughs> I've seen I've read about this junkyard forever, and to be like an hour away, oh my gosh. First trip should, of many, and you and you recently acquired a Volkswagen minivan, is it, or van? What do you call this thing? Like, yeah, I, it's a I'm bus, the Westphalia seventy two. So I had a Beetle. You remember the Beetle? Like I had yeah, that I forever. Yeah. I had the Beetle. I never I sold saw it in person though. Really? I didn't. Yeah, that's a shame. I sold it when we moved here to California, and then when we got here, um, yeah, I now have a, a seventy two Volkswagen Westphalia. Can you, you need to fix that puppy up and we need to do like a coast to coast tour. Like I could, I mean, we just drive all over the United States and Instagramming about it. Yeah. And just have a blast. I mean, it'd be so much. Start a whole new, like there's people doing that. Instagram channels. It's fun. I don't know what we would call it. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 pretty awesome. And then uh, so one of the things it's funny because I had this conversation the other day with somebody that because we 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 do go we have gone and and seen and done a lot since we moved here. And part of that's because I think when we were leaving Georgia and even when we moved, I mean, I lived in a few states. Um, I always leave with regret of things we didn't do or see that we kept saying one day, one day we'll go see that. Yeah, you know. So when we were coming here, you know, we we made the epic road trip across with the family, which was super fun. And my wife and I just said, like, let's never say one day we'll do that again. Like, let's just do it. And so that's any, cool. So do y'all have like kind of a mental list going? Of things yeah, that's we've cool. got we've got, and it's growing because we keep hearing about new things and and then some things like Tuesday we went down to Huntington Beach, uh, and so that was fun. And then uh, Thursday, you know, uh, we were at uh, went to see the poppy things. But yeah, we want to get up to Yosemite and Sequoia. I want to get up to Zion. That's Ooh, not too far dude, away. Dude, I watched last night Free Solo, and I about lost my freaking mind. Have you you know about this movie? No. Do you know about this documentary? The guy um, Alex something and other that uh, free climbed. Oh uh, yeah, that's yeah, stupid. that's stupid, dude. Like I, Jody, I'm not even kidding. My stomach was literally hurting while I was watching mm-hmm. this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like mm-hmm. I was getting sick. Feel, I was getting queasy watching this guy. Oh my gosh, it's good. And it's got, there's got to be several moments in there that potential clips, oh, sure. illustrations um, for this stuff. Uh, I won't like, be doing that. Good. We'll be firmly on the ground. Oh my looking, gosh. Looking up. But, I mean, yeah, we have a running list of things. He climbed a half dome or whatever it's called. Yeah. Also, it may be worth mentioning for folks because we had this conversation. Uh, I think some people think we probably just make all this stuff up to have stuff to talk about on the podcast. You know, like this is conversation we have regularly, but that's not the case. We we, we, we never we never talk. <laughs> we text a lot. Yeah, but we intentionally save some conversation for the podcast. Yeah, sure, no doubt. Yep, yep, yep. Um, well, it's good. Yeah, I, I love the fact that you guys are. And I'll say this, man. There is a lesson in that, in the sense that, you know, you've moved out to California. You didn't think you didn't necessarily know you're going to move out to California. You took a couple of your, oh, yeah, you, no. know, you took your kids out 
you took all your kids, but a couple of them are teenagers <laughs> on top of that, you know, and you're moving them out to California from Georgia all the way, ac- literally all the way across the United States. Right. Um, yeah. But y'all are making the best of it. You know, you're trusting God brought, took you there for a reason. It's been good. Man. And you're, and you're living adventure, you know, and that's, there's something to say about that. Whenever you have to move to a new town where you now, you know, not every rural town is going to be as fun as California and have a beach and Disneyland down the road, you know, or the Volkswagen junkyard. Cause that's yeah. just amazing. Um, <laughs> It is amazing. I'm sure your town does have a junkyard of some type. um, You know, so yeah, make the best of it. That's a good word. That's a good word. Um, Hey, you know what we have, Jody, that I love? We have amazing people that appreciate what we do and they're encouraging and they help um, help make this thing happen from a financial standpoint because we don't make money doing it. It actually costs money to do the podcast because of mailing lists and web hostings and all of that. And YM360 has been helping us for a little while now, and I love these guys. And I want to drill down on one particular resource that they're offering that is phenomenal. I don't know if you've seen this yet, but I think they're doing it because they did this for a little while. Uh, They're they're still doing it at Christmas. They do this Christmas devotional thing, right? This Advent devotional. Okay. Well, now they have one called It Is Finished, a day-by-day account of Jesus' last week on earth. And you talk about a great resource to put into the hands of your kid. The thing is only like five bucks and you could get them for your kids. Maybe you could just buy them or you could get them and charge your kids five bucks a piece or whatever. And all of y'all read through it at the same time. I mean, they're great. You and your parents will appreciate it as well. Um, I think there's a discount quality discount. If you get 10 or more, they're only four fifty a piece, you know? So, um, in order to get them, you're going to need to order them, though, pretty soon, like by April 4th, I think, because I think they start on April 11th, and yeah, it's like a 10-day devotional is what it is. Um, so I, I just can't. I'm telling you, man, I've, I've used their stuff like this before, and it's really good, really good. So I wanted to drill down on that particular. Yeah. So YM360, and uh, they'll connect you with this, and if you have any questions, just reach out to those guys, because they have just a ton of people that'll answer any questions you have. And, um, yeah, tons of good resources there. Use the promo code, the longer haul. Yeah. Save 20%. That's it. Also, um, big time. Thanks to the, uh, Georgia Baptist student ministry folks, student ministry network. Um, they also love youth pastors and are, are helping us make this happen as well. So, um, big time. Thanks to those folks as well. And, uh, Great we like them. There. We like yeah, them. I like them too. So cool. yeah, man, uh, great, great podcast today. I, I I love the interview we we did um, with Alan Smith. He and he and his wife have written this book um, called "Let's Go." It's I love. He'll tell you why he wrote the book, and it's just good. Like where this thing comes from, and the fact that he started this thing. He, he basically wrote a whole lot of this, not as a book, but he wrote it for his youth pastor because he was mentoring a youth pastor. Hmm. And man, when something like that comes from the heart, a lot of times it's gold, you know what I'm saying? And so, yeah. yeah. So I'm really excited. The conversation was great. We jump into a few things related to the book. We couldn't do all of it, but um, it's good. So yeah, make sure you stick around at the very end of the podcast and we talk about how you can win some something that's it yep cool all right you ready to jump in here ready
Let's do it. All right. Here is this week's interview with Alan. And now we're pleased to bring you our feature presentation. Well, hey, Alan, welcome to the podcast, man. How do you feel about being the feature presentation? I'm excited. It feels good. It's going to be fun. Yeah, good deal. Well, hey, friends, we have Alan Smith with us here. He is a youth pastor at heart, and he has written a book. And so we invited this guy on. We had some of our friends reach out to us and tell us about him. Um, Alan, you, we, Jody, the three of us have never met before, but um, you live in Athens, Georgia. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, man. And so you've written this book called <laughs> Let's Go. It's... Uh, creating and sustaining a thriving student ministry and the longer haul, man, we're all about that type of stuff. But before we jump into what you've written, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did, how'd you get into youth ministry and how did that all get started? Maybe even a little bit about, you know, just kind of your past towards how you met Christ and some stuff, stuff like that. Yeah, sure. I appreciate that. Um, well, I'm from Georgia originally, and uh, I've grown up in church my entire life. Accepted Christ when I was 12 um, <clears throat> in Sunday school, and uh, pretty much been connected to the church um, the entire time uh, through that. And, and in college, I really got involved in student ministry, doing Disciple Nows all over the, the, the state of Georgia. Just pretty much um, every weekend that I could go, I would do some type of event, whether it was a fall retreat or disciple now that I that I heard about. Do you and know so, John Masara, by the way? I, I do. I just met him. He lives in Athens as well. Yeah, that's what I was. Yeah, and so he was on our podcast like uh, three episodes ago. I think. Yeah, I listened. Ago. I was. Yeah, I, I, when I, I saw that, I wanted to hear what he he had to say. So yeah, I like John. Yeah, I, yeah cool. I met him uh, while I was in college, um, and then I um, had lunch with him probably about a year ago. Uh-huh, awesome. Yeah. And so I did those for a while. Um, and then while I was in college, I actually worked camp, uh, worked at camp, uh, centrifuge lifeway camp. Um, <clears throat> I just really loved that. Got, uh, got plugged in to doing student ministry, just in the camp world for a long time. Were and you ever up at Ridgecrest? I did. I trained at Ridgecrest a few times, but, yeah. uh, I never worked camp there. My, I worked at Glorietta was, uh, the last place I worked. Yeah, I trusted Christ at Centerfuge in 1987 at Ridgecrest. Oh, wow. That's impressive. Yeah, That's awesome. I think yeah. a lot of people uh, trust Christ at Ridgecrest because they have to walk up and down all those mountains. <laughs> <laughs> it could be true. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, that's great. <clears throat> um, and then uh, after I graduated from college, I uh, went to seminary. And while I was in seminary, um, I got engaged uh, to my wife. And so we began looking for uh, places to work. And I found out. Um, this church that I knew a few people that worked at called Greystone was looking for a student pastor. And, uh, I jumped in there for, for, uh, or, or both feet first. It was fun. Um, it was a cool church. It was, this has been a fun experience. And so it, it was about a, about a thousand people or so, about 1200. Um, so it was a larger student ministry and it was a fun experience. I'd never done student ministry before, uh, you know, in the, the church setting. And so it was a little bit of a, a, a jolt kind of when I jumped in, but it was fun. Working all those camps really help you prepare for that, though, I'm sure. Oh, definitely, definitely. It was, 
Um, and, and, and one of the chapters I wrote in the book was called Make It Fun. I mean, that's what camp was all about, making it fun and then relating that to Jesus and, and breaking down those barriers. And so it definitely prepared me for, uh, for student ministry full time. I love um, the people that I've known that have worked in camp ministry, you know, like, um, you know, we've done YM360s Generate for a while and we did Student Life for a while. And, and I've known a lot of guys that have worked at, you know, Centrifuge as well. And man, such a great training ground for how to, because you have to be organized. You have to, you have to be willing to work hard. You have to mm-hmm. be able to get along with a variety of different people. Um, and in the midst of that, you also have to be pointing kids to Jesus. I mean, it's great. It's a good training ground for youth ministry. Oh yeah. I love it. Well, let's talk about the book for a second. You and your wife actually wrote the book together and which is awesome. Um, Wendy, when I, when I did my book, Wendy contributed a ton as well, but you guys wrote this thing together, both y'all's names. Is that right? That's correct. Yep. Yeah. So what in the world made you decide, Hey, you know what? I'm going to write a book because you've actually changed roles recently. Is that correct? You're not a youth pastor in the sense of that's not your title anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. that changed. And so what caused you to, to write this thing? Yeah. <clears throat> and so uh, it was the money, right? It's the money. It's that the is money. exactly right. It was all yeah. about the money. You know? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's what you're I'm joking with about. Alan because before we were talking about the fact, yeah, not a lot of money, not a lot of money book, right? But anyway, it's, yeah, it's more about the calling. So, yeah. Um, well, the, the, one of the main reasons we wrote the book, we had, we had taken notes on our, our student ministries, um, had written down things and I had, uh, just met with different student pastors and talking about different things um, just throughout the years. And I was excited about, you know, helping them and they helped me. And um, I had just interviewed a lot of student pastors as well, had a lot of information. Um, and we had seen it work at, at three campuses. Um, but the big deal was uh, when I had, a, I had a young student pastor who was 19 when he first started, super excited about ministry, super moldable. Um, but I just really wanted to give him direction. And so we pretty much met every week for his uh, first, you know, first year in student ministry, just helping him and anything I could and just guiding him and, and what I had learned the past five years. And really, that's what this book is, is pretty much every time we would meet together, we would go through a chapter of the book. And uh, from that experience, he's, he's doing extremely well. He's, he personally has tripled his student ministry at, at my campus, and it has been just incredible to see uh, what he has done. And so from that, I realized that, hey, I actually probably need to put this information I have just into, into practice and write it down and just send it um, out to you know anyone I can. Really want to help young student pastors kind of get started on the right foot. What, cool. I lo- what I love about that is it comes from a place of you not setting out to write a book and be an author, but it comes from a place of you originally just wanting to help a guy out and mentor a guy in youth ministry. And I'm guessing there's a moment where you start to kind of say, Hey, well, this could actually be a book. Yeah, correct. I mean, I never really set out to to write it, to write a book. I mean, it was always something I would love to have done, but it wasn't until after this experience I had with Daniel, my student pastor that I thought, Hey, this might could be something I could, you know, create and, and write about. Well, I mean, you had to write it before he did. Exactly. He was, he was taking notes too. That is exactly right. <laughs> Feed him to it. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Um, well, hey, Jody and I, you, you, you sent us a copy of the thing, and mm-hmm. um, we uh, we both have looked through it, and so thought we might just drill down on 
and I and I do recommend the book. I mean, it's what what I love about it is is it really is coming from the heart of a guy who loves youth ministry, and I could tell just by you know by the stuff that I've read in it, and then also you know th- there's just some good. I don't. I'm gonna use the word basic, and I don't mean that in a oh, it's so basic, but in a foundational, maybe to be a better word, some good foundational type reminders of what helps to make a youth ministry strong. Which ultimately, you know, as we're doing the longer haul in youth ministry, this is going to help you experience longevity both in the church you're serving mm-hmm. and potentially as a career. So, drilling into just a few of these things here, um, there's a chapter called "It's Not About You," and I love this chapter, um, this idea that you can't do it all by yourself. So what, what, where did that chapter come from? I just realized that I'm clapping. Can y'all hear that? <laughs> no, but I'm up? impressed. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking with You're my hands right, right now and I feel like it's going to show up in the podcast. We're so professional here, Alan. I hope it's not threatening I, to you. I love Chris it. gets excited. Just wait till he takes it up a level from clapping. It gets crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Uh, so in that, it's a not about you chapter. Uh, remember, you can't kind of do it by yourself. What, what helped you to realize that for yourself, that you needed help and that you couldn't do it all on your own? And why would you say that's so important? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, one of the reasons I wrote that was because I had I thought I could do it all by myself initially um, until I realized I couldn't. And I, there was no way I could do um, everything that needed to get done. Um, and then And so I started realizing that it's not about me. Uh, I think so often when we look for that student pastor in a church or when we, we, you know, we think about the young student pastor, we want the one that is, is big up front, that can organize everything, it can do all the, the parts, but you realize that not one person can do that. And if you try to do that, you're going to get burnt out and you're going to get burnt out quick. And so that's why I really wrote that chapter. And, and that's even the first chapter in the books. I want everyone to realize, and especially young student pastors, that if you want to, to reach more people, if you want to um, have a bigger impact for the kingdom, that you need to have people alongside of you, number one, to help where, you don't, where you're not strong, also to, to even just help with, with different ministries in, the, in the, your student ministry itself. And so that's one of the reasons I wrote that. Uh, <clears throat> and, I mean, that's the job of, of a pastor in general. You know, in, in Ephesians 4, we're here to, to equip people to do the work of ministry. And so if we're not equipping people we're not equipping volunteers, then it's, it's not going to go very far and we're not going to go very far either. So I think, um, most youth pastors start out excited about, you know, what they're doing, whether they're new to ministry, uh, or they're new in their current role, or it's a, you know, um, a new, uh, maybe a new church they're starting. Um, Everybody starts out excited. Everybody's running ahead. You know, how do you? What, what advice do you give some to to a, a brand new youth pastor who's maybe it's not even the sense that they feel like they want it to be all about them. They're just really excited, and I think that sometimes the tendency is to just run ahead of folks. Um, where where's the tension in that? How do you how do you encourage those guys to slow down? Make sure they've got you know, buy-in, how are they recruiting? Well, like, I know there's a lot to that. Yeah. Um, so I can use the, the example I had for my student pastor, Daniel. I really tried to show him the future and, and, and he was doing really well. He was building relationships and getting in the community and doing great stuff. But I really showed him the future. I said, you know, down the road, it, it, this is going to work for six months, but 
in in a mm-hmm. year you're going to get burnt out. In a year you're not going to be able to talk to all these students. You're got, you're not going to know every student's you know what what's going on in their life and all these type things. You're going to need some some um, some help. You're going to need people that love those building those relationships and and different things like that. And so I think helping uh, you know young student pastors and even um, just different people see the vision for what's going on and even just uh, being a few steps ahead of them. Just helping them see, like, listen, th- this is going to work in the short run, but that's not the game plan here. The game plan is is for the long haul, like this this podcast is about, and it's about how can we make sure that you're prepared for the future and not just what's going to work right now. And so, I think that's uh, that was the kind of key factor in in writing this chapter. That's good. Yeah, I like that. The idea that part of that is. Under, when when you can get to that point where you realize it's not about me, it, it it's you have to be willing to think about. Well, I'm not just worried about my success. I, I love that it's not about just right now, but I have to prepare for the future. And I can't keep this pace. I can't keep this going. We can't sustain this just by ourselves. Um, that's yeah. that's really huge. Yeah, I think I think that's important because I think you know most youth pastors that we talk to. Uh, especially young ones, I, most is probably an overstatement to be fair, but a lot, I'll put it that way. They're not really thinking down the road as much as, you know, they're not, they're not looking very far ahead. Um, and, and so I think having, having that mentality, encouraging that mentality, man, I mean, that just, a, just that alone of realizing that everything you're doing now is building for the future. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's a huge, that makes a huge difference. What would yeah. you say, Alan, to the to the guy or gal listening though that is saying, "Okay, I hear you, and I actually kind of like that," but my pastor or my deacons or my elders or my youth workers, they feel like they've hired me to mm-hmm. do this. Like, what could we maybe say? The and the three of us could all kind of chime in on this, but to those folks that they're like, "Yeah, I get that it's not about me," but I think my church thinks it is, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah, I'd love to hear y'all's thoughts on that as well. I mean, from my experience, I mean, I think, again, uh, what I have seen in my ministry career, it's about casting vision and helping people understand the the game plan and it, helping people understand what's going on. Like, hey, I'm great at these aspects and I'm going to be, you know, willing to do this, but I can't be the go-to person for every single kid, you know, in my ministry. And, and, I want to bring people along to help that process. And, and if it's only about me, then it's only going to go so far. I can only take it so many people. And we only have so many relationship spots in our life for kids and for adults and everything. Um, but if we bring people along with us and, and if we have volunteers, we have leaders that, that are actually good at this as well, then it's really going to be more impactful than just one person doing it. But I'd, I'd love to hear y'all's thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I always jump in, Jody, to, to this part too. And I think we we probably have talked about this before. It, it's being able to cast that vision also for people that get involved. Not not all of them, but so, so many of them love it. Yeah. And they yeah. they are empowered by it because mm-hmm. they're and I think forgive me for the Jesus juke here, but I mean, they're ultimate, it's because they're being the body of Christ in that moment and they're serving out of their giftedness. Mm-hmm. So you find someone who is willing 
this sounds very mundane, but is willing to help you clean up after a Wednesday night. Mm. That can sound like the details that could come across as, well, that's what you're getting paid for. But in all actuality, you find somebody that's got the spiritual gift of serving, mm-hmm. and that's a sweet spot for them. I mean, they would rather, and they leave feeling like they've done something awesome yeah. for Jesus, you know? And I think that's being able to figure out a way to cast vision to that pastor or to that church. Um, the, the, the asterisk there would be, though, to not be lazy. You know, you still have to work, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. yeah. you can't use this as an excuse. It'd be easy to kind of jump into this and go, oh yeah, well, I just want to, I want to empower people to serve, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to do anything, but you know, that, that would be the, the needle swinging the exact opposite way or whatever. But I don't know. What do you think, Jody? Yeah. I mean, I agree um, with everything you're saying, obviously. And I, yeah, you're right. I mean, I think this is something that probably comes up a lot in conversation. I'm sure it's something that we've talked about Um I think there's a balance there, uh, and this may let me flush this out because this may sound like I'm um, disagreeing. Where it's not a it's not about you, but it is about you um, in the sense that you're never going to be able to escape the expectation that you're the one that was hired, um, mm-hmm. and and so depending on your church culture and and particularly the vision and direction of your pastor and the expectations there, that that's going to look a little different from place to place. And so I think the key is to be able to lead well and leverage your volunteers, but not, and this is going to sound super unspiritual uh, and, and selfish, but, <laughs> hey, but you, Jody, you, for the record, I'm used to you sounding unspiritual. So keep going. Go ahead. <laughs> good. All right, good. Then we're, we're perfect. <laughs> Don't want to break the trend. Um, yeah. I think people still need to look to you and it still needs to feel like it's, it's your ship that you're driving. Um, because I think if people start feeling like you're not really, you're not steering the ship or you're not leading the charge or you're not out front. Um, I think that's where maybe you could start fielding some criticism because they're not, they're not going to be privy to all those behind the scenes details of, of people helping clean up and people helping set up and people, you know, um, and so you, you still have to leverage those moments and opportunities when you are out front, when you are visible mm-hmm. to to clearly continue to cast that vision and talk about what's happening in the ministry and um, and kind of garner some excitement uh, about about what's taking place and make sure you're communicating those things both up the chain and and out to the church as a whole, because I think it is the temptation is to be so focused on your ministry that's right there that you're doing and your volunteers that, that maybe we don't always do a really a great job of communicating our, our wins that mm. we're having. I think we're getting into some good weeds here because the Jody, what you're saying, man, um, and Al, I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, this idea as well. I, I love this because I think it, it's a little bit of a challenge for someone who is not yet seasoned in working with people to understand this balance of, I'm not going to do it all myself. I'm going to have volunteers, but yet being able to utilize volunteers in a way where it doesn't come across as I'm not involved at all. And then going back to my earlier illustration, just as an example, when I said Wednesday night cleaning up, you know, 
yeah, I think it's great if you had volunteers that stuck around and straightened up the youth center, cleaned up the whatever, whatever, you know, your checklist is. But that doesn't mean that you can say, yeah, I've got a volunteer to do that. And 830 rolls around and you're done with your part and your volunteers are still cleaning that you go, okay, see y'all later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and you walk out the door because that's where it, the needle shifts too far to the other side. It's figuring out a way to, yeah, I've got people helping me with this and these things. And it's, you know, it could be a ton of different that we come up with so many different examples here. Um, but it's also, I'm still engaging in that moment. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm yeah. still thanking and valuing those people. You've got that one worker maybe that makes coffee every Sunday morning or whatever, you know, that you're taking a second to Mm -hmm. acknowledge those, you know, and, um, and you're valuing and you're acknowledging. And that's where I think, I think the temptation maybe before you get seasoned would be, I've given that away. I don't have to worry about it anymore. That's not what we mean. Mm. Is that fair? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, good deal. Okay. We're changing the world. Great. Awesome. Um, (laughs) and I think, I think on this, uh, and I, and I, I think Jody had some great points. Y'all both did. I like those. And, and I think it also, this chatter pertains differently to different, you know, size churches, different scales and different things like that as well. You know, and it's, it's going to look differently for the, you know, the 12 person, uh, student ministry than it will for the, you know, 400 person student ministry, um, it's just, just going to look, look different, you know? And so that's just kind of, uh, I think it's going to be, going to be different in different situations as well. Yeah. I think and, the key here, and this is where I would encourage the, the key one, and this is something I think I've even realized more and more lately. And one of the things I wish I had realized and known earlier, and this is probably, I mean, this is a fairly new thing. I feel like that I, I'm, I'm learning or recognizing is if I could speak to a very young youth pastor, I would say to them, uh, one of the one of the things that maybe I think we don't speak enough into young youth pastors is be be intentional and get very very good at working and dealing with people, mm-hmm. um, and not just students and not just I mean, and we talk about like okay, being intentional with parents and being intentional with on, but I mean, just in general, like how do you interact with people? How do you persuade people how do you sell vision how do you navigate you know conflict how do you like all of those type of skills are things that generally come with time Mm -hmm. but certainly there's so many good resources and books out there to help you grow in that area Mm -hmm. Um, and i think it unfortunately we don't often we don't often have that on our radar uh, in a, in a very broad sense, we, we read a lot about, uh, you know, the students we minister to, there's a ton of resources out there on parents. There's a ton of resources out there, um, uh, you know, on, on your volunteers, but just in general, like navigating difficult conversations, navigating, um, you know, how to little things, even like how to lead an effective meeting and, uh, how to, I mean, just all those types of things, I think get lost in the mix. And, and the the sooner you get better at that, the more effective you're going to be. I have a theory. I have a theory, and I'm going to test it right here. So, Alan, when you started oh. out and you start first first started doing student ministry there, 
who were a couple of adults that you would have called and you can, you don't have to say their full names or whatever. It's up to you. Um, who were a couple of adults that you knew that were your go-to adults that you could seek that you had conversation with and you would almost consider them friends. Yeah. Did, so like did those names comes to mind. Did, did those names come to mind pretty quick for you? Um, or, yeah. So for, for can, uh, like that were volunteers or that I could just ask advice for both and, but people that were in your church that, that had ties to your youth ministry though. Yeah. So, I mean, um, you talking about as a, as a student pastor, yeah, I have some, I have some quick ties. Number one, I mean, I had, uh, these two people that were about my age that, that jumped in serving, okay. you know, they were Great. young and, and they were excited and they were ready to go and whatever I needed, they would, you know, drop what they were doing. They would leave work early to come help. Um, and then honestly, my family pastor at the time, uh, and I, I mentioned her in my book that she was pretty much anything we asked for. She was going to make sure it, it got done. Yeah. Um, and she was our biggest advocate. And it's one of the main reasons that the student ministry grew um, like it did, because she was willing to do whatever and willing to help out. She was she had been in ministry over 20 years by that time. And so she mm, was yeah. willing to help out and say, hey, here's some suggestions. Here's what you need to do now. You know, make it great. Jody, I know that both of us would have that same thing. Like we would have adults that we could point to in our, you know, mid twenties when we're first starting out. Um, for you when you were fifteen, uh, <laughs> really. um, Dang, but it's been my, a while my, since my you theory, made Here's what I'm saying, and relate it related because I think this is huge. What you what you were talking about, Jody, when it comes to understanding adults and getting to know adult, you know, and being able to um, talk with adults. Part of that is you keying in on a couple of adults. Um, and I had that, man, when I think back to my North Lake days, my first full-time youth ministry days, I had several adults that were youth workers that I went to lunch with on a regular basis that I had conversations with. They had kids in our student ministry, you know, and it helped me to learn how to navigate that adult side of things. Yeah. I was still focused on teenagers and all that, but it, it, again, it helped me to realize how to work with these people. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so that's huge. Uh, well, Hey, there are a couple other great chapters here, man. Um, the second one, you know, and I think if you've listened to us much at all friends, you're like, you know, this is huge for Jody and I, we think this is so important, but you've got a chapter about the details when it comes to mm-hmm. longevity in your current church and long, long term, there's no question that the details matter. What have you learned about being organized? Um, any tips that you would just kind of throw out there? Um, you mentioned Evernote in the book, Jody and I both use Evernote a ton. Um, yeah. and so, um, what, what have you learned, man? Like, why is that such a big deal to you? Well, the best thing that I ever did was I married an organizer. And so, uh, <laughs> you're cheating. That's I not cheated. fair. I cheated. You don't even have I the will. spiritual gift. You, you married I, the spiritual gift. I did. And I, I've had to develop it more, um, because, you know, as my wife, uh, gently nudges me that direction, I'd say, um, but it, she has done, she did an incredible, incredible job at, she loves the details. That was where she lived. She lived in the weeds and loved that stuff. And it was great for us because I loved the bigger picture and being up front. And so she was able to create the systems and the structures that we needed. And, and that's another thing that I think, like you were mentioning, that really helps um, the, the student pastor, you know, be able to, to expand um, just his influence and in everything. When he has a great system and structure set up, that way there's more people know what's going on, that more people can see the vision and you can, you're able to, to reach and influence more people um, 
because those systems and structures are, are set up. And I would say from learning those in the student ministry world is even, um, you know, is, is gone over to what the job I do now and as a campus pastor role and, and even different things, just learning those details and how important uh, details are in just in just anything in, in life in general. Can I retitle the book or that chapter, just that chapter? Can we change it to do your job? Can we just <laughs> Yes. No, yes. Okay. Do your job. I'm going to write a book called that. Dibs, one day. Got it. Do your yeah. job. <gasps> Hold my breath. There you go. Oh, see, that was. Oh, yeah. Alan, I told you. He, he, wow. He's brutal right now. Jody, that was. That was quick. Hey, one book at a time. One book at a time. I just uh, like to point out that since I moved to California, we have made uh, an even guests have made an increasing number of reference to weed. Yeah, being in the weeds. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> I'm not really sure if that is is a direct correlation or not. Fun of California people like that. Jared. Oh my gosh. Oh gosh, those are your people, man. Yeah, my people. people. Those are people. So, uh, yeah, the details, you know, we, we, there's so many, I think we even have a podcast about being organized, you know, and, um, yeah. and I, I think that's huge. Alan, what's something that you use daily that you feel like is just huge to help you? Is there a, a technology or a system that you feel like the way you start your day or, something a, a certain kind of list you keep or anything like that that you might share with us that would benefit someone uh yeah i mean i definitely keep a list uh each morning i i, I actually switched for, i'm gonna hope this is not a negative plug i like to ever know but i actually switched back to notes on just like the regular phone and you know on your computer and stuff and i actually have a list of things i try to accomplish and and we've you've all probably heard of these things but try i try to have things that are most important that I need to get done that day. And I try to make sure I attack those first. And there's a thing over here. I am, I am a George bulldog. We talk about attack the day. And so I think about that each morning, like, how am I going to attack yeah, this? We all day? know that the Georgia bulldogs made up that idea of attacking the day, but anyway, I know exactly. That's, what, that's like Auburn I mean. made up all in, you know, come on. Come <laughs> on people. I know. I know. Uh, but yeah. And so that's the thing I, I try to make sure. And I even, you know, try to help other people, uh, that, that, you know, I talk with like, Hey, what are the main things you need to get done today? Cause as you know, I mean, as a student pastor, when you wake up in the morning, if, if, you know, you probably have three or four texts from your students that morning or the night before, you know, with different things. And, and you might have an email you need to get to, but if, if you can have those lists of things you need to jump on first, that's a, that's a big deal. And that helps you, you know, win the day. It's good. It's good. You also, Um, you also spent a little time in the book talking about, um, the importance of student pastor groups. Um, I think the word we might would use a lot also is like the idea of networking, uh, Mm -hmm. networking. Have you made that work? Um, and is that something that's come to you or have you had to pursue it a little bit of both? Uh, what's that look like for you? Yeah, so that came to me. That actually was probably one of the most important things when I jumped into a student ministry um, that helped me out. I probably learned the most um, from everything that I've learned was, was through those student pastor groups. We had a really strong group uh, when I worked uh, when I first got to the the main campus where we were where I work currently. Um, but we had uh, we had a group there that about you know, 20 to 30 student pastors meeting um, oh, wow. monthly. That's a big network. Wow. Yeah. And it, I mean, from, you know, small churches to, to large churches, pretty almost mega churches, we had, we had everybody in between. And so 
that was probably one of my favorite things every month getting uh, with them. And man, I just brought a notebook of questions each each time. And I would just ask and they would, you know, they would help me out. They would answer. They would show me, hey, you know, here's the newest technology of, of how to follow up with students or here's the you know best book you can read on that question. Um, and man, I'll be honest like that. And I even uh, I actually uh, emailed and, and called this guy recently after I got done with the book and just thanked him for how much he invested in me. And just even he was, you know, five years uh, older than I was. And he just said, hey, man, let's go to breakfast sometime and talk about your new role and, and whatever I can help to be a resource. Let me know. And man, I'll be honest, like that was probably the, one of the biggest and most important things of my uh, student ministry career. I love what you're saying about the guy that that took you to breakfast. And, and what came to my mind right then was for our friends that are listening that are a bit seasoned now, or maybe you are in your you know current role and you've been there for a few years, um, whether there is or is not a network in your community, when the new youth pastor moves into town, for you to be that person that reaches out to them and welcomes them, huge. Mm-hmm. huge. Oh yeah. Um, and, and, we'll ultimately, and ultimately will help you. Go ahead, my bad. Yeah. Well, no, you you have so much more to offer than I think we we think we do. If that makes oh, sense, that's a good word. You know, um, like because this guy was like, Alan, I don't know if you know, I can I can help you out a ton. And after those, you know year of, of going to breakfast and just being that resource, he was like, man, I don't know if I'm helping out. And, and I was like, well, Jody, listen, yes, you have helped me out a ton. Of course his name was Jody. I know. I I just thought about that. Um, Gosh, see? Yeah, there it is. Just a great name. So, but I I think so often we might, we might shy away from that. Um, even myself, I've kind of thought about that, you know, uh, but like we need it and God has called us to do that. He's called us to help each other out and, and, be there for one another. And it's just, a, it's so helpful um, and rewarding, I think, on both ends when, when we're able to do that. Well, I think you, if nothing else, recognize that you have knowledge of the community that the new guy doesn't have, but desperately needs, right? So yeah. you may not feel like you're an expert at student ministry, but you know people, like you know who the go-to people are at the schools or Mm-hmm. You know where the retreat centers are, or you know where, you know, I mean, you just, those types of things that you, that usually take forever to figure out and navigate, you can immediately be that bridge for that guy coming in. Yeah. Yeah. And just be a good friend, period. I mean, just, oh, yeah. just having a friend sometimes is part of it, you know, just because mm-hmm. you speak the same language and it's, it's a tribe of people, you know? <laughs> So having those friends, I would say this also, you know, for our friends listening that the, the flip side of that is if you don't have that person that is reaching out to you, um, and this is a little harsh, but I'm just, I'm being candid and honest. I I would say that it's a little bit of a cop out to just sit back and go, well, nobody's reaching out to me, Mm -hmm. um, that if there's not a network in your community, your town that you live in. And if there's nobody, you know, that has welcomed you with open arms, um, it'd probably be pretty important for you to be the guy that start to go, Hey, I just want to have lunch, no strings attached. And I will tell you, that'll help you with it when it comes to building a network Mm -hmm. is to go into that with a commitment of no strings attached. I'm not trying to get you to, 
come to my concert that I'm throwing and help my numbers work. I'm not trying to get you to do this. I'm not trying to get you to do that. D now together. What? D now together. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it may lead to that. I mean, it yeah, may. But don't start there, right? Don't. You don't that's want to not start the... there, and you don't want to start by showing up with your flyer for your event. You're see you at the yeah. pole event or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but rather just say, hey, and being the person that 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 starts that, you know, because you could do it, you know, and and it's people that are that find value in it will come, and people that don't won't, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, maybe well, when you first start out, kind of do a off-campus thing. You know, maybe not have it at your church, but we're all going to meet at Chili's or whatever, you know, or McDonald's. I don't care. Um, and uh, you get Chewy's. I could, I could, Jody, oh, but you could not. So, um, that's true. In fact, Alan and I may connect at some point. Go to Chewy's and send you a big old picture of us just drinking. Oh, that would be amazing. Thank that you. Please, please, yeah, um, please. Uh, <laughs> being a wretch. Um, yeah, I mean, so I'm just saying like, it's important for you to know that that's, a, that's a need that you, mm-hmm. you don't really realize you have and you can make it happen. Um, if nobody else, if there's not a network art now, if there's a network that already exists, don't roll up into town and being like the lone ranger, like, Hey, I'm starting a network. I'm going to step on everybody's toes, you know, find out what's going on and come alongside that, you know, but. Yeah. Well, how would you, how would they do that, Chris? How would they find out if there's an existing network? Well, I think you just have to make a phone call to any youth pastor you can find out about and say, Hey, is there a network? Um, you know, depending on what, you know, denomination you are, uh, or what type of church you go to, you know, if, um, in Baptisty world, I know there's folks that you can ask that question to, um, in as far as like the local, you know, mission board type people or whatever, you know, and I'm assuming that, you know, if you're Methodist or whatever, whatever that is, that there's potential resources there, but you just got to do your homework. I think, but calling any guy and go, Hey, have you, did any guys ever get together? Any guys, ever yeah. get, did anybody ever get together and just hang out as youth pastors, you know? And again, it may not, it may be a thing also where you don't overshoot that. Hey, I want to start getting together every three weeks or every two weeks and having prayer together at 6 a.m. You know, um, you know, maybe that's a little much. Maybe it's more, hey, you know what? I just want to start getting you know, and so when I was in Garland, that's what I did. I mean, I just I knew I needed it as a, you know, 30 year old. And I I think I was really more like late 20s, but I just started calling guys and making friends, you know, and then even here when I got to Garland, I because I was they're not Garland, when I got to here to Marietta and I was doing just middle school ministry and I'm in Atlanta. So there's enough middle school only pastors in the area, mm-hmm. but I didn't start out with, Hey, let's have a big meeting. I started out with, I took each one of them to lunch and oh, just kind of hung out and yeah. started building a friendship. And then all of a sudden we, uh, we had a little network and we started hanging out for a while and then they all moved away. So, uh, <laughs> well, truth, truth be told that the reason that, the reason that we're both on this podcast is because of the network. Oh, that's where we met was the back when you lived here. Yeah. I mean, we met through the, <laughs> the noonday association, um, yeah. network thing. So yeah. Well, I remember showing up and going, uh, and asking, calling guys. And that's what I, that's how exactly how I started. Like, Hey, can we grab coffee? Can we grab, can I take you to lunch? And realizing that maybe in the past there had been, or there'd been some other, but there wasn't really a strong, 
consistent network in place. And so we started it. I mean, we just started meeting with, and it was really kind of informal at first. And we would, you know, it looked different and it changed yeah. as people came in and out of the community and in and out of different ministries. And um, yeah, I would say a lot of what we have done on this podcast and even several folks who have been on the podcast came as a result of that network. So yeah, no I think it's huge. It's good. Yeah. Y'all are so well, much smarter. Oh yeah. Y'all are so much smarter than me. Like I did not, I did not, I'll be honest. I was a young guy, mid twenties, thought I could do it myself. Um, somebody invited me and I was like, man, I don't need these other guys. Like I can do, I'm doing it myself. This was, you know, um, and honestly the, the guy was like, well, Hey, we got, I think, I think that day they had chilies was, was like they had, they brought chilies in and they were like, Hey, we're going to meet together and come eat some, some lunch with us. And I was like, man, I love chilies. So yeah, I'll yeah. go check that out. Um, and I showed up and man, just to hear the wisdom, some of those guys again had been going for 20 years. Mm, I go. realized that day, Oh my gosh, like, this is what I needed, you know, and this is help so helpful for me. Uh, and so I know some people that are listening to this podcast, maybe you're the one that needs to start it. You know, maybe there's a, a, a bunch of young guys in your community that, that need the help, you know, I mean, I just still can remember these guys and they've texted me and called me after the book came out and they were like, you know, this is great, man. So thankful for it. And I just would text them and be like, well, a lot of this information is, is stuff that you shared with me, you know, five years ago when I was just getting started and I just want to say thanks, you know, and that was one of yeah. the things somebody invited me. It wasn't, it wasn't my idea. Is that where you met Mike Ricks for the first time? Uh, I met Mike in, I was doing a D now at his church when I was in college. Great. And then just stayed connected with him. You know, I actually played he's softball same, He's the same area over there that you're in, right? He is. Yeah, yeah he is. Great. Mm-hmm. Good deal. Good deal. I think we had that issue too. Like when, even with our network that we had, like it was, sometimes it was hard to get the younger guys to come. Uh, for whatever reason, and then and then uh, and then they would show up, and it was really hard to get them to stop asking questions. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Uh, but so, we, uh, it's good. Your- I think we all wanted that. That we we weren't like complaining about it. Where they just realized, man, this is. I didn't. I didn't recognize how good this was. Yeah. So, oh yeah. So, Alan, you're a big time pastor now. So, um, <laughs> campus <wish>. pastor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're in grown-up world. Um, yeah. Serious question, though. Um, what have you learned now that you've kind of put on a different hat? What have you learned about being a pastor that could help us get along better or have better relationships with our pastors? Um, from uh, yeah, from me and uh, me and my student pastor currently is just communication. I think um, I just assumed that my pastor and I were on the same page with the vision, where we were going, why we did things, that those things, um, and even just like little insights into the ministry. But now being on the other side, um, <laughs> being, being an adult pastor, I guess, whatever you want to call it, that sometimes you see the student pastor, you see, a, you see an event happen or you see something happen, and you're, just, you're, you're a little clueless on why that might have went down the way it went down or, or what exactly is going on. And so I just think communication is key. Anytime that you can just tell your, your pastor, like, Hey, here's quick updates. Here's what we're doing this week. Just want to make sure, you know, you know, um, and then just the mission vision and and even your heart behind it. It just helps out so much. That's great, man. That's good. Yeah. Jody, anything else on that? No, that's a good word. That's really good, man. We can't, the book is great and it's just a good read. It's a quick read. Um, Mm -hmm. 
and I mean that as a compliment. I mean, I, I think too often yeah. we, the, the chapters are short. Um, as a guy who wrote a book that my chapters are short as well, you know, sometimes I'm like, wait, what are you saying, man? Like you're saying like, it's not, you know. <laughs> but it's just, no, it's I, an easy I, yeah. read and it's a, but it, you just get to the point quick and there's all these little nuggets and different folks are going to read it. So we big time recommend that man. Um, thanks for coming on and talking about it for sure. Um, we'll give you a, a chance to kind of tell where to find it in a second, but before we do, we want to ask you one of our big questions here. Um, when you, th- so you're, you know, youth pastor at heart, then youth minister forever now, and you're still involved in youth ministry and, you know, doing what you do. What is one of your favorite memories in youth ministry? Like it could be super awesome, spiritual. It could be super crazy fun. It could be embarrassing. I don't know. What's one of your favorite memories in youth ministry? What jumps out to you? Um, and there's a lot I know. So it's, it's hard to narrow down. Yeah, no, there's, there's a ton. I mean, I to it's okay. I'll I'll, I'll answer that one to answer also a question you're not going to ask, but I, I'm going to tell you my thoughts on it anyway. So I loved. God, look, the, I, nice I, I look podcast. He's asking his own questions. Yeah. What, are we, what are we? What well, we here for? <laughs> we, we, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, that's my, my bad. But we'll see. We'll see. Maybe maybe bad answer, <laughs> bad question. But um, I loved seeing my students uh, leading out. Um, this, just to see them leading out, we, we had a, a big, um, push for some leaders, like some of my high school leaders to lead in the middle school ministry or to sometimes speak on stage or do different things like that. But now, um, as these guys are in college or even have just graduated from college, seeing some of them like in ministry or, or seeing them at an event, or sometimes I'll go speak, um, at their disciple now and just seeing them. Uh, you know, just using their gifts for for ministry is just really, really, I don't know, it just makes me think back to when they were a snot-nosed sixth grader and trying to do everything they could to just mess up what I was trying to do for the event or, or, or you know, just leaving everything dirty or whatever. It, it was worth it. And that's what I remember the most is just, I remember that little kid now as an adult doing doing ministry. And I just think, man, that was worth it. And it, and it took, it took, you know, eight years to, to realize that, but it has definitely been uh, been a fun experience for me just thinking back and then even seeing them now. That's good. That's good. That's good. Yep. Good stuff. Well, where can we find you out there in the social media world and uh, tell us where we can find the book? Yeah. Social media. I'm on, I'm on uh, Instagram, Twitter, um, just Alan Smith, six thirty three. Um, and then the book is available on Amazon. Again, it's Let's Go, Creating and Sustaining a Thriving Student Ministry. And, and I, I don't think I said it well, and, and, and I don't know if I need to say this or not, but we wrote it with the, the idea of things I wish I knew when I, when I started student ministry. And that's kind of the reason I wrote it that way. And I also wrote it uh, short, um, again, because ideal for the young student pastor or going through something with your interns or those type things. Because again, I know my, my 19-year-old student pastor at the time even told me, he said, I'm not going to read a book very well. And I said, what if I wrote it really short and there was really short chapters you could read right before a meeting and then we could discuss? And he said, I might do that. And so that was one of the, the reasons the book is so short with, with some just quick information um, just kind of that he could read and, and get it done. It's good, man. It's great. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. I like the, uh, I like the questions at the end of each chapter too. I think that's helpful if you are taking somebody else through it. So if you've got it for somebody 
like you're saying, intern or someone who's new or younger, it kind of mm-hmm. gives you a good jumping off point. So it's helpful. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Well, hey, uh, thanks for taking some time out and jumping on the podcast, man. We we appreciate it very much. Thanks for what you're doing in student ministry world and for continuing to invest, even though you've been uh, called over to the dark side. We'll still uh, <laughs> we'll still we'll still call you a friend. Yeah, I appreciate that. And yeah, and thank you guys so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. Uh, you guys make it easy. This is this is cool. And I also want to say thank y'all so much for for what you're doing for your ministry. Um, and just everything, you know, that you're investing in, in people that you're investing in, you know, even students, but also youth pastors as well. I mean, like we talked about, it's, it's a tough road. And sometimes, you know, it's, it's that hard transition between or hard trying to be in the student world and also be in the adult world as, as a parent and as a, you know, a spouse. And so I really appreciate what you guys are doing and, and helping in, in your ministry as well. That's awesome. Thank you for that, man. Yeah, I appreciate man. it big time. Yes, All righty. Well, y'all go out and check out the book. It's good. And, Thanks, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, man. All right. Good man. Good interview. Alan's a good guy. Yeah, man. I'm super uh, thankful for this guy. I mean, just the fact that he has such a heart for students and, you know, he's now serving as a campus pastor, um, but still clearly has a heart for student ministry and invested in youth pastors. And and that's what I love. Uh about guys that have, have been doing youth ministry, maybe they transition, but they still have a heart for youth ministry. And that's one of the reasons why I'm so on board with guys doing that at times. I mean, there's yeah, I, the pastors that I've met that started out as youth pastors, they just have a better heart towards youth ministry because they've lived it. So that's a good thing. Yep. Um, hey, he did. Uh, once we finished recording the interview, um, I didn't want to put him on the spot in the interview because I forgot to mention it to him beforehand. But I was like, after we stopped recording, I said, hey, what about could we give a book away? <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, so we'll do that. Um, and the way we'll do that is on the Facebook group. So if you're not a member of the Facebook group, just jump onto the Longer Hall Facebook group, not the page, but the group. Uh, request to be a member and we'll post um, book giveaway and I'll put a link to his book as well that you can get on Amazon and just like it or comment on it or whatever. And we will do a little drawing here at some point. So yep. good. One more reason to join the, fo- the podcast group. Cause we, we do like to give things away there. So it's fun. Well, Hey, this was great. Let's do this again next week. Uh, you know, I'm in, I'm in. We, yeah, it's great. I mean, maybe not with Alan. Yeah. That might be redundant. But mm. we I mean, yeah. same questions again every week with Alan might might get old. But yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they listen to us every week, so I don't know why that'd get redundant. I mean it's <laughs> well, actually maybe that would maybe that would uh up the up the up the ante here. Maybe that would make it better. Maybe we should have Alan back. <laughs> yeah, here. Maybe, yeah, yeah, seriously. <laughs> So uh, cool. that's what we'll do. Every time we just start getting like, we'll add like when we get, get start getting tired of hearing ourselves, we'll add another person. Just add some tired of hearing that person. We'll add another person. That's right. And so you know, we'll have like you know ten people hosting the podcast, yeah, like a, a, youth, a youth ministry choir. Be like youth yeah. choir. We'd go on tour, take a big bus around, <laughs> stop and eat in, in mall food courts. Uh, <laughs> well, hey, mall, hey, don't knock the mall food court, man. That's the best place in the world to stop for grub. I'm telling you that right now. So Latin Bucky's right. Bucky's. <laughs> oh. Shout out all to right. all my Bucky friends. Yeah, they're That's awesome. So, yep. All right. So, hey, thanks for hanging with us this week. We'll catch you guys in the next episode. Peace out. See you.
Thanks for listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast at www.thelongerhall.com.